Cleveland Browns have got one foot into the playoffs. What a game today. What a win. 31-27 over the Jacksonville Jaguars. The Cleveland Browns have moved to 8-5 on the season. And got a lot of help today, which we will get into at the end of the show. If it sounds a little echoey in here, it's because I am all by myself. All by myself. I'll get into that in a minute. Uh, but yeah, so we are... If you heard that, we are cracking open a beer. Which I normally don't do on the post-game show, but I'm here by myself, so let's indulge. Joe Flacco was great. 300 yards passing, three touchdowns. The Browns' defense turning the Jags over four times on the day. And Kevin Stefanski is coaching his way into the Coach of the Year discussion, ladies and gentlemen. What a call on fourth down. That ends up in about a 50-yard touchdown pass. We are moving and grooving, folks. What a what a statement win after those two tough losses on the West Coast. <clears throat> Browns beat a Jacksonville team who lost last week to Cincinnati. And... Followed up by beating them today. And, folks, if the playoffs started today, we would be playing this exact same team, the Jacksonville Jaguars, on wild card weekend uh, in Jacksonville. So, may have gotten a little playoff preview today. Uh, Trevor Lawrence, I there's no way he had a high ankle sprain and played today and played like he did. There's just no way. Uh, so that is a giant fib that the Jags were trying to play on everybody, which is ridiculous, but, you know, we'll leave that there. And I'll tell you what, this team is just finding ways to stay alive. You know, it would have been really easy for this football team. You know, we are on our fourth quarterback we are on our fourth and fifth, 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 that's weird, uh, offensive tackles. We are without probably the best player on our football team in Nick Chubb. You know, obviously everything that went on this year with Deshaun Watson, his injury coming back, injury, and, you know, being out the rest of the year, uh, all that happened. That goes with, you know, being on our fourth quarterback. Denzel Ward did not play today, even though he practiced all week. That was a surprise this morning. 
Uh, Grant Delpit gets hurt in the game today uh, after signing a contract extension. Um, that hurt. Juan Thornhill out. Uh, you know, it, it's it's like it's like the Walking Dead out there. I mean, for the Browns, but they keep finding ways to stay alive, and that's a credit to the coaching staff. It's a credit to Kevin Stefanski. Uh, it's a credit to Andrew Barry because. Uh, I'll tell you what, a lot of the guys that came in on defense for guys that were either out before the game or got injured during the game, a lot of those guys stepped up and played really well. Yeah, I mean, we gave up 27 points. Again, the turnovers. The defense was put in short field situations twice because of stu- because of turnovers by our offense and got two touch and got scored on twice. So and then the the last touchdown that that the Jags scored was was at the end of the game. You know, we were playing prevent defense. You know, yada yada yada. So, yeah, the defense gave up twenty seven points, but I actually thought the defense played really well today. And I, it's just this team at home is way different than on the road. It's sort of inexplicable, but we are going to have to win a game on the road at some point, either in the regular season to be able to get into the playoffs or once we get into the playoffs. Because unfortunately, uh, as we go around the NFL with what happened in Baltimore today, it doesn't look like uh, anybody's going to be catching the Ravens for the AFC North uh, crown. But we'll talk about that a little bit later. This is not going to be a very long post-game show. As I said, uh, I am uh, recording this by myself. Steven is... (laughs) Funny enough, Steve is in Jacksonville, Florida. We were playing the Jags today. Uh, he, I, I did not know he was doing this until yesterday or the day before when he told me. Um, Steve ran a marathon this, uh, today, this morning. Had no idea he was planning on doing that until like yesterday or the day before. Uh, so... You know, he uh, finished his 15th marathon today, so congratulations to Steve. Uh, Went down there with a little bit of an injury, so he, uh, according to his Instagram post, he walked the course, uh, finished in just under seven hours. Um, So um, congratulations goes out to Steve, and, uh, yeah, we'll see him back next week. after a big game next week now because the team we're playing next week all of a sudden is winning games and it's not like this is going to be a pushover next week. By the way, I am drinking a 12 Dogs of Christmas Ale from Thirsty Dog Brewing Company in Akron, Ohio. My favorite Christmas Ale. Uh, It is fantastic. It is delicious. Go get it. We've rated it on the show. It's awesome. We are fully on in the Christmas season and uh, I will be enjoying Christmas sales of a lot variety a lot of variety uh, for the for the remainder of the month so go on out and get yourself a 12 dogs of Christmas sale uh, from thirsty dog Brewing company so anyway uh, the Browns won today as we talked as I talked about 3127 you know Joe Flacco has played two games as a Cleveland Brown, and he has impressed in both. This guy is 
38 and was on the street? I mean, how was he not playing for somebody? This is crazy. The guy looks like Super Bowl champion Joe Flacco right now from a decade ago. Unbelievable. He comes out, and the Browns go right down the field for a second week in a row and with zero resistance and end up with a, I, I don't know how long it was, but I think it was a 34-yard touchdown uh, for David Njoku from Joe Flacco on the first drive. Flacco went 26 of 45, 311 yards, three touchdowns, one interception. Uh, he was sacked once. That was the play that he fumbled on. Um, so, I mean, other than that, the interception was bad. Uh, the fumble was bad. Other than that, Flacco was great. I mean, what was the last time we had a we had a quarterback throw for 300 yards and three touchdowns? That had to be Baker in 2020, I would imagine. Unbelievable stuff for Joe Flacco. Unbelievable stuff. Um, and shout out to uh, El Presidente, Dave Portnoy, Barstool Sports. Uh, this video just, I mean, this is probably from their Super Bowl run in 2012. I'm pretty sure Portnoy did this because he won a bet on the Ravens uh, in the playoffs. But, I mean, you talk about a video that has come back to life. I mean, I'm playing that every chance I get. I'm retweeting it every chance I get. And I retweeted it after that first drive. Flacco, the Browns go right down the field. I also want to... Uh, give kudos to David Njoku. Uh, he probably played his, he might have played his best game as a Cleveland Brown today, which is hilarious because I don't even know, he may have had one catch in the second half. I don't even know if he had a catch in the second half. But his first half was unbelievable. Two touchdowns in the first half. He ended up, he ended the game with six catches, 91 yards, and two touchdowns. Just unbelievable stuff from the Browns. Uh, on the Jags side of things, I got to give it up to Trevor Lawrence. If he was injured, like if it, there's no way he had a high ankle sprain. There's no way he would have gotten. He remember the Jags last week played on Monday Night Football. He got hurt late in that game, so that means that pretty much within five days he had recovered enough to be able to play. Because the story goes is last night is when he. And the medical staff decided that he was good to go. He went through a little bit of a warm-up uh, this morning before the game just to make sure. But at, I'm sorry. There's no way he had a high ankle sprain. There's no way. I, just, I, I don't believe it. There's no chance he played in only five days from a high ankle sprain. That's like a, like a month-long injury at best. And he really didn't show any ill effects during the game. There's no way that was a high ankle sprain. Not a chance, in my opinion. Uh, Trevor Lawrence did throw three interceptions today. Uh, Brown's got four sacks on him. 
Um, but, you know, they just – they didn't really do anything uh, on offense that was really that special. I mean, Evan Ingram did have 11 catches, 95 yards, two touchdowns. Similar game to Njoku. Um, but, yeah, I thought the Browns' defense played really well, to be honest with you. Um, you know, if the Browns just don't turn the ball over. I mean, that's the biggest thing. <coughs> Flacco played great, and if he continues to play like this, I'm not kidding. The Browns, you know, when this season started, when we had everybody healthy, the expectation and the hope was that the Browns are going to be able to get to the uh, get to the playoffs either by winning the division or as a wild card and go on a playoff run. Say, get to the AFC Championship game. You know, and at that point, who knows what can happen? You're in between the lines against one other football team. You know, anything can happen. But as the season started going on and everything started week uh, week two with the injury to Nick Chubb, this team has just gotten beaten down, beaten down, beaten down, beaten down with injuries. Um, you know, as, as I talked about at the top of the show, your franchise quarterback, out. Your best player on your team, probably, between him and Miles Garrett, uh, your running back, Nick Chubb, out. Uh, you're on your fourth and fifth tackle. Your center gets hurt today in the first half. Uh, Amari Cooper has been banged up the last couple weeks. He <clears throat> he had a fumble today, which sucked. Uh, but, <clears throat> you know, he's gotten through it. Um, and then on the defensive side of the ball, Miles Garrett is still playing with a shoulder injury. It's obviously affecting him. He's now, I believe, three games in a row without a sack. Um, you know, people can say win rate percentage and all that stuff all they want, but... Uh, he's paid to get to the quarterback, so uh, the injury is obviously bothering him. And I'm not not here to I'm not slamming Miles at all. I mean, he's still gutting through it and playing and making an impact. Uh, he rushed a couple Trevor Lawrence throws with his pass rushing today. Um, you know, Denzel Ward is out. Uh, Anthony Walker missed games earlier this year. Grant Delpit got hurt today. Hopefully, he's okay. Uh, Juan Thornhill with a calf. I don't even know if he played. He might have gotten ruled out before the game, or if or if he played, he barely played. I, I don't even remember. Um, Yeah. I, and I don't know if I mentioned Denzel Ward, you know? You know, it sucks with Denzel because he's obviously one of the, bet, one of the better corners in the NFL. He's paid like it, and when he's on the field, he plays like it. He's one of the best corners in the NFL. The problem is... You know, there's enough of a book out on him now. He's been in the NFL, what? He's drafted in 2018 with Baker. So he's been in the NFL since his fifth year. He's missing four to six games every year. Every year. And the Browns secondary is just not the same without him. I mean, look what happened the last two games. I mean, we got roasted both games. Today was a little bit better. We were a little bit more opportunistic. MJ Emerson was awesome today. He played the role of Denzel Ward. Uh, basically shut down uh, half of the field, uh, had two interceptions. Greg Newsom had the other one. But we're going to need Denzel Ward if we want to make some noise in the playoffs. You know, it's going to be an absolutely incredible accomplishment given all of the injuries and everything that has gone into this season for the Browns to to make the playoffs. Given the injuries, everything, I know there's a lot of injuries across the league, but Damn it if it doesn't seem like we've had the lion's share of them. 
you know, impact players. I'm not talking about, you know, backup players or fringe players getting hurt. I'm talking about your quarterback, your running back, uh, you know, your your best corner, uh, your both of your tackles on the offensive line. Uh, the Browns have had it all from an injury standpoint this year. And they are continuing to fight and are in the driver's seat right now, ladies and gentlemen. In the driver's seat. They would be the number one wild card uh, if the season ended today. And the Browns have, I'm not going to say a very easy schedule coming in, uh, but definitely a favorable one. Uh, there are three games left on the schedule, in my opinion. I know Cincinnati has won the last two weeks, and they are fighting. Um I just, without Joe Burrow, I don't really see them as a threat. So you have games against the Bears at home, the Jets at home, and the um, uh, the Bengals to end the season that are all extremely winnable games for me. And then you throw in, uh, we, have, we have a tough trip down to Houston, although they look like absolute crap today. And I wish Steve was here today because on our uh, pigskin picks, I... We were on the opposite end of that game, and I picked the Jets. And he essentially, in the very, in a very nice way, uh, was calling me a moron for making that pick. Um, uh, yeah, there you go, Stiff. Um, so I think that we have an opportunity to get to 11 wins, and if we get to 11 wins, we are absolutely going to more than likely be the top wild card um, in the AFC with 11 wins. And then, you know, if we're able to, you know, there's four games left. We're coming up on the end of the season here. If the Browns can somehow run the table and win the rest of their games, depending on how the tiebreaker situation sorts itself out, the Browns could still find their way, maybe in a tiebreaker scenario, of winning the division. So we're not out of this yet, folks. In, in fact, we're very much in. And I fully expect the Browns, with this win today, to make the playoffs. I thought if the Browns had lost today, I thought you know, we would be in a full scratch and claw mode to try and get in. We got a lot of help today, which I'll go over in a second. Um, but yeah, you know, I felt very down after the game against LA. Um, but it's amazing. It's amazing how the NFL is just a week to week league. And it was, um, it was a great game today. That's a tough team. Jacksonville. They are well coached. They have a great quarterback. Um, and they have good skill position players, and they have a decent defense. I mean, we we were they have two really good pass rushers, and we were on our fourth and our fifth tackle, and we held up. You know, Flacco got sacked the one time. That was it. So, I think that we are in a really good sh we are in really good shape. And I'll tell you what, you can't say enough about Joe Flacco, man. You know it's tough because that guy. I watched this post game uh, press con or post game interview on the field after the game, uh, right before I jumped on here. And he's just a guy that you just would absolutely love to root for. And he just seems like one of the boys. You know, the problem is is he's kicked our ass for 15 years, 
with the Baltimore Ravens, and then who can forget that week two meltdown that we had against the Jets? Uh, that was Joe Flacco, who was the quarterback of the Jets last year for that game. Uh, I believe threw for four touchdowns against us and uh, came back from 13 down with like a minute and a half left. That's neither here nor there. But the guy has kicked our ass for 15 years and then just turns around and we just sign him out of necessity because he's on the street and our quarterbacks are dropping like flies that or are just the worst quarterback in the NFL, like B.J. Walker. I Shout out PJ. He got he got waived uh, late this week. Um, you know, he gave everything he had. He's just not that good. So, you know, shout out to PJ. He will be part of the season story. Um, hopefully, it's a very good ending. But um, Joe Flacco. I mean, what can you say? Literally off the street. I don't, I'm not going to turn this into a Deshaun Watson, Deshaun Watson thing, and Steve and I agree will disagree with this, so we'll save this for an off-season discussion. But Joe, Joe Flacco could lead the Browns to a Super Bowl win, and Deshaun Watson is the starting quarterback next year. But I don't want to hear the rust thing anymore. This guy, Joe Flacco, was sitting on his couch watching – the Cleveland Browns, not three weeks ago. And he's throwing for 300 yards and three touchdowns three weeks later in a massive football game for the future of this season. No more rust excuse for Deshaun Watson. None. Done. I don't care that he hasn't played, you know, going into next year. I don't care that he hasn't played since... Whenever that Baltimore game was, was that uh, that was week eleven, something like that. I don't care. No more rust discussion with Deshaun Watson. He's got to be ready to go week one next year, and he will be the quarterback. Joe Flacco is like thirty nine years old. He's Joe Flacco is not the future at quarterback for the Cleveland Browns, even if he wins a Super Bowl with the Browns this year. Deshaun Watson is your starter next year. It's not even a discussion in my opinion, but. Again, that's for the offseason. That's for me and Steve to yell at each other about. Uh, so tune into those episodes, uh, probably starting in February, March. But getting back to today, you know, he's just he's just a professional quarterback, man. He made a couple mistakes today. Obviously, we talked about with the, with the interception and then the fumble. Um, but, you know... The Browns can go far with Joe Flacco. If he continues to play like this, and we start getting guys healthy on defense and start playing better on defense, whenever we decide to, we can still run the football. I know that's a topic of consternation here in Cleveland, but I'm not going to get into it. If the quarterback is throwing for 300 yards and three touchdowns, yes, is there situational areas where I would prefer to run the ball sure but we won the game today so I'm not going to spend any time on that and quite frankly as I've said for weeks now if Kevin Stefanski got a contract extension and signed it on his desk tomorrow I would celebrate that because the guy is coaching his ass off right now and I gotta say over the last couple weeks we have seen whether it be pissed off emotion or him jumping up and down 
when we hit that touchdown on fourth down, on that fourth down call to David Bell, Flacco to Bell, you're starting to see his personality come out a little bit more. Now, is that because the dude knows that he has job security right now and he's about to get a contract extension probably in the offseason? And, you know, this is his team. It's interesting. We're starting to see a lot more of the personality of Kevin Stefanski come out, and I got to say, I love it. Guys, he's 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 a really good head coach. Sometimes he thinks he's the smartest guy in the room, which, by the way, he went to, uh, where did he go to school? Penn, I think? He went to Penn. It's an Ivy League school. Probably is the smartest guy in the room. But there are times where I feel like he tries to prove it to everybody. But the guy is coaching his ass off, man. If the Browns if the Browns go to the playoffs and they win, say, 11 games, let's say the Browns win three out of their last four, their schedule is favorable, <clears throat> they found a quarterback for the rest of the year, let's say the Browns finish 11-6. and six. He's got to be one of the favorites. Him, Dan Campbell, um... You know, I'm sure John Harbaugh, because they're going to end up winning the AFC North and probably be the top seed in the AFC. Um, you know, those are your type of guys that are going to be up for the coach of the year. And tell me he shouldn't be a serious contender. He absolutely should be. 100%. So... I know there's people in my family, there's people that I talk to. I'm sure I tweet. I'm sure I'm tweet about it. And if you see it, you probably think I don't like the guy. But I, it's all situation. It's all like in the minutia of it's very like finite type details that I would do differently from him. But overall, if you look at the thing from a macro level, the guy is eight and five, and he's on his fourth quarterback, and has a plethora of other injuries to deal with on a daily basis. On a weekly basis. And we're 8-5. and five. And like I said to start the show, the Browns have one foot through the door into the playoffs. Today was the biggest game because if we had lost and lost our third in a row to drop to 7-6, and six, we are in that group of, it looks like, about, what, four to five teams that are 7-6. and six. In the AFC, in the AFC alone, fighting for three spots. But we won today. So the Browns now have a little, just a little bit, because this is a week-to-week league in the NFL. Everything can change next week. But the Browns have a little bit of breathing room. Um, you know, they're a full game ahead of kind of that, the pack that are fighting over uh, the wild card spots in the AFC. So... Eight and five. Chicago coming to town next week. Huge game. The Bears are playing much better. Justin Fields played really well today, and the Bears' defense is smothering right now. They beat the nine and three uh, Detroit Lions today uh, in Chicago, and Justin Fields played really well. So this ain't going to be no pushover. I mean, the record might say five and eight for the Chicago Bears, but. This is going to be a tough game next Sunday. So we will see what happens. Uh, Browns are feeling good tonight. The whole city of Cleveland is feeling good tonight. 
And uh, we now move on to around the NFL. And uh, as I am recording this, we are at the two-minute warning between the Bills and the Chiefs. The Bills have the ball at the Kansas City 22. The game is tied at 17. So as I go through this, uh, the rest of the other games, uh, I will make sure to keep my eye on that score. Uh, Broncos went into L.A. and beat the Chargers 24-7. The Broncos are one of those 7-6 and six teams that we talked about. Uh, they are playing very well. They've won six out of the last seven. Uh, for the Chargers, that is probably the final nail in the coffin of Brandon Staley. If you listen to this show, you know that I I think he's one of the worst coaches in the NFL. I think he is the worst coach in the NFL. Uh, Baker Mayfield and the Tampa Bay Bucks go into Atlanta and tie things up at the top of the NFC South standings. Six and seven. And six and seven now with actually there's a three-way tie in that division because uh, as I'll get to in a minute, the Saints won. So they are also six and seven. So Baker Mayfield and the Bucks, our former guy, uh, are fighting over for a division title, and obviously it's the worst division of football. I mean, there's no team that's above 500, so not going to spend too much time on that. The Bengals actually help us a little bit, uh, and they smacked the Indianapolis Colts 34-14. to Rumors of the Bengals' demise may have been exaggerated uh, as Jake Browning, another good performance today. He threw for 275 yards, two touchdowns, one interception. And, yeah, the Bengals are not out of it yet, even though, I mean, it's going to be incredibly tough for them because they're 0-4 in the division. They do not have a great... um, they do not have a great AFC record, so they are losing most of the tiebreakers. So it's going to be really tough for them to actually get in. But they're they're fighting. They are absolutely fighting. And uh, here is my surprise upset of the week: the Jets all over the Texans, thirty to six. Uh, this game was zero zero at halftime. How are you Houston and you give up 30 points to the Jets in a half? You know, I knew that uh, there was a rookie day coming for C.J. Stroud. He has been incredible all year. But again, he's a rookie. He has not really had that welcome to the NFL moment. He got that today. He was 10 of 23 for 91 yards. No touchdowns, no interceptions. Uh, the Jets' defense was absolutely smothering today. And uh, they get a win. They're 5-8. and eight. The Texans fall to 7-6. and six. Again, they are part of the wild card group in the NFL. Uh, the Ravens win in overtime over the Rams. They won on a punt return for touchdown in overtime which should have been called back because of a block in the back. It was obvious, it was egregious, and it was not called. So the Ravens moved to 10-3. and Uh, They went 37-31 in overtime over the Rams. Uh, Rams needed that game. They had gotten themselves back into it with three straight wins coming into that game. 
Um, they are in the thick of the wild card race in the NFC. The Bears, the aforementioned Bears, our opponent next week. They beat up the Lions today, 28-13 in Chicago. Uh, Justin Fields was 19-33, 223 yards passing and a touchdown. He also had a touchdown on the ground with 60 yards rushing. Um, he played a really good game, and uh, they they are playing really well right now. So uh, it's not going to be a gimme next week down on the lakefront. Uh, the Saints smacked around the Panthers. Panthers are the worst team in football. They fall to 1-12. and New Orleans joins that three-team race for the NFC South at 6-7. and <laughs> The Minnesota Vikings beat the Vegas Raiders in a barn burner, folks. 3-0. <laughs> I just saw that score. Oh, my gosh. And the only three points that were scored were scored in the last two minutes of the game. A Greg Joseph 36-yard field goal. Wow. That's crazy. The Raiders gave up three points and they lost at home. Wow. Unreal stuff. Wow. 49ers went at home over the Seahawks 28 to 16. I believe that they were 13 or 14 point favorites. So if you took the 49ers, uh, you lost your bet. Uh, 28-16, I mean, what more can I say? I've been talking about it over the last couple weeks. The most important player on the 49ers, especially on their offense, is Debo Samuel. I know Christian McCaffrey is probably their best player. He's the best running back in football. But Debo Smith does things that nobody else on that team or in the league can do. Uh, he had seven catches for 149 yards and a touchdown. Uh, Brock Purdy continues to, wow, 368 yards for Brock Purdy today. And the 49ers are rolling 10-3. and three. Uh, They have a chance, depending on what happens tonight, to be the number one seed in the NFC. Uh, obviously because we are talking about the Eagles and the Cowboys. That game, is a, which is about to start in about an hour here, and uh, that this is a massive, massive, massive game between the Eagles and the Cowboys. The This is basically for first place in the NFC East, and if the Cowboys beat the Eagles today, there will be a three-way tie for the number one seed in the NFC. So just a massive game today. Uh, Cowboys need it if they want to win the division because they've already lost to the Eagles once this year. And uh, it's in Dallas. Dallas a three-and-a-half-point Favorite. I stayed away from that because I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But uh, we'll see. Dak's been playing really well. Part of the reason why I stayed away from it is I don't know if I trust Dak in a big spot. But uh, he's played really well. Uh, he's he's vaulted himself into MVP consideration. So that is the game tonight. Uh, forgot to mention Thursday night. <laughs> I can't believe I forgot to mention this one. Good morning, good afternoon, and good night, Pittsburgh. <laughs> they lose their second consecutive game to a two-win football team. Football? No, I'm not talking about soccer. A second straight game to a team 
that was 2-10, and 10, I believe, at home, mind you. They lost to the Cardinals last week, actually got punked by the Cardinals last week, and then they lose to the Patriots, who are trying to lose. Unbelievable, and it's fantastic. And the Steelers now fall to 7-6, and six, and they are in that minutia of 7-6 and six football teams. So we'll see what happens. It does not look good. Uh, Kenny Pickett is injured. Not like that matters if he was playing or not because he stinks. But uh, they just don't look good. Everybody, everybody in Pittsburgh thought, oh, we were going to fire Matt Canada and everything was going to be great. Not so fast, my friend. So uh, Steelers are fighting for their lives, for their playoff lives. Uh, two Monday night games tomorrow, which is interesting. I don't know why they're doing that. Uh, two games on Monday Night Football, neither of them are really good. Uh, Packers and Giants. Uh, Packers at the Giants. Uh, Tommy Cutlets, Tommy DeVito for the Giants. And then Titans at the Dolphins. Both of those games are over a touchdown spread. In the Dolphins' case, they are a two-touchdown favorite over the Titans, so... That is where we stand, and that is going to do it for me. I am solo. My voice is going because I've been talking for 40 straight minutes uh, by myself. So I'm going to end things here. Once again, Browns win 31-27, improved to 6-1 at home this season on the lakefront, and they are in the driver's seat for a playoff berth in the AFC. So uh, you can follow me on social media at Daniel J. Ford. You can follow the show at the LOTL podcast. And uh, we will catch you guys next week. Hopefully Steve will be back. And uh, hopefully we will be recapping another Browns win. So uh, go Browns. Hope you guys all have a great victory Monday. And we'll see you next week.